It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. There is a way to attack the Lions offense, and there is a way not to attack the Lions offense. I hope I see the first one against them. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You like that? Three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings. Your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Luke Braun, and if you're new, hello, nice to meet you, and thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you, especially to those of you who listen every single day to the Locked On Vikings podcast, making it your first listen every day. I appreciate y'all so very much. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it is an audio listening place like the SiriusXM app, where you can also find uh, live broadcasts of all of the games. So if you're going to be driving around Christmas Eve and you're not going to be able to listen, just search out Vikings on the SiriusXM app. You can also find this show on YouTube or Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Uh, we are going to do some prize picks later in the show. Of course, it is Friday, which means we got our prize picks, prized picks, and your bold predictions. They are only getting worse. And I mean that as a compliment, but first some actual serious analysis. So I did a scouting episode of the Detroit Lions offense on, uh, on my Patreon, patreon.com slash NFL. You can go check that out. You can also watch it after the game if you want for free it, but if you want to watch it before the game, you got to join. Um, so the thing I was like focusing on is Getting Jared Goff under pressure. There's a lot of, of like statistical splits about Jared Goff like kind of doing worse under pressure. Um, and he's had some plays under pressure, but obviously every quarterback's going to get a little worse. You can get pressure on him, right? 
And the question is, how do you get pressure on him? So I looked at two different teams that blitzed him a lot, the Bucks and the Broncos. The Vikings defense looked a little more like the Bucks, and the Bucks had more success. They held the, the Lions to 20 points. They had some disasters on offense, so they only scored six. They had some turnovers, so they lost that game. But uh, the, the defense, by and large, I, I think looked okay um, outside of a couple of major plays. And what they did to get three sacks on Jared Goff that day was a little different than the way the Broncos last week tried to attack Jared Goff. And the difference in those strategies speaks to Frank Ragnow. It speaks to the offensive line as a whole and the way that the Lions are coached um, and really takes away, I think, one of the pitches in Brian Flores's bag. But thankfully, he has other ones. So I want to talk a little bit about the fronts today and the way that the Vikings construct their blitzes. So the way the Broncos did this is they had five guys on the line and they would stunt a lot. And it was very Vance Joseph stuff, very uh, stunty, right? And it was very similar to the five-man rush package that the Vikings have when they just rush all five from base. So five defensive linemen uh, or you know, three and, and two outside linebackers or whatever, and they all just go. And often the way to spice that up instead of just having five guys go and hoping someone wins a one-on-one is you have them stunt, right? Um, Two reasons that that did not work at all. And you saw that Lions score. They diced up that Broncos defense. Two reasons that did not work at all. For one, the Lions offense just executes too tightly. They just get the ball out too quick. And that was often um, not too short passes and checkdowns, but it can be to short passes and checkdowns. Goff can get to those. Um, but really, it got picked up a lot, and the, and the line just lost, and then suddenly you just have a clean pocket and a six-man coverage, and by that point, you've got no shot. Um, they're going to find a way. And honestly, I, I, I talked yesterday to, to Matt Derry for Crossover Thursday. You should go listen to that. It's a much more comprehensive preview of this game because I'm kind of honing in on one thing right now. And what Derry told me was, you know, Frank Ragnow gets them all in line. Frank Ragnow is like the key, the linchpin to everything. Oh my God, he was not kidding. Uh, Frank Ragnow is very good <laughs> at picking up, especially at picking up these stunts. And the Broncos actually had stuff that was designed to attack him specifically. And... Gosh, there was one play where he managed to um, hold on to his guy, kind of keep, not literally hold, but, you know, keep an arm on his guy. And then with his other arm, actually slow down a stunting defensive tackle enough for the left guard to get back over and get in front of him. And they actually picked up a pressure that way. It's one of the crazier plays I've ever seen a center make. Um, I don't think that rushing five and stunting is a recipe for success against the Lions at all. The Broncos tried it. They got whooped. I think the Bucks put out a much better blueprint. And statistically, it was better, but it also just felt like a better plan. And the way that they would do this, so the Lions are not afraid to slide their protections. The, one, one of the things the Bengals did so well against the Vikings was they took the slide out of the equation. And they basically just did 5-0, man-to-man pass protection with a running back or a tight end sometimes involved if they needed that for the numbers. Um, which meant that, you know, guys like Patrick Jones and DJ Wanham and and Jonathan Bullard needed to win one-on-ones in the pass rush, and it just wasn't going to happen. And then they got the ball out fast, which made things even, even harder. And that was a really good plan for the Bengals. It, it worked really well. 
the lions seem pretty content to try to use protection slides to kind of, you know, get the numbers advantage right and have guys protect each other so that they don't lose to stunts as much, right? Um, and very often, the slide will have one or the other A gaps open, right? Sometimes there are four-man slides where it's a B gap and stuff, but very often it will be a three-man slide. And, and you can manipulate your front such that it is a three-man slide. Just leave the center uncovered. Leave A gaps uncovered. It's is better on third down or second and long where a run is not quite as scary to you. Um, but not undoable on, on neutral downs. You just got to make sure that your linebackers are ready to fit up, you know, really, uh, really fast, which, Hey, Ivan Pace can do that. And maybe we get Jordan Hicks back, by the way, he's a full participant. He's designated to come off of IR. I haven't talked about that yet. Uh, his little compartment syndrome chin thing. He is, uh, eligible to come off IR. He's not been activated to the full roster yet as of this recording. Um, but he has been a full participant in practice. I should actually... If I may pause real quick to talk about the injury report, it's kind of rough. Um, Byron Murphy still a DNP with a hamstring, and now they're saying knee injury, so something's wrong there. You've got Harrison Phillips with a back injury. That sucks. Daniil Hunter had an illness. He was back at practice. So they're a little bit more banged up on the back end there, which makes some of this stuff hard, especially with Harrison Phillips. Missing Harrison Phillips is going to be rough. So you're going to need to see guys like Jonathan Bullard and Jaqueline Roy and Kyrie Tonga really step up. Um that said, the the strength of the Lions run game is in their gap scheme, in my opinion, which is pullers, which I think stresses the edges a little bit more. And like guys like Daniel Hunter. So that that might play okay, but that's not doesn't mean it's not gonna hurt, right? Um anyways, so when they slide, you've got an A gap open. And you have three guys that all slide away, and then the other two guys, the guard and the tackle, are gonna be in man-to-man. So the, the A gap between that man-to-man guard and the center will be open. And then they just put that guard in conflict. So they would have a uh, defensive tackle, whether he's lined up to his left or to his right, would cross his face to the other way, forcing him to either join the slide, basically, or widen the gap between him and the slide. Either way, whatever gap is on the other side of him is going to get really big, and a linebacker fits through that, and they got some free hits. They got sacks that way. They killed him that way. I would steal that. I actually asked on Twitter what that's called, like what kind of stunt that is. Uh, got a million different answers, right? And and I, I think just about everybody has a different thing that they call that. But the the most common answer I heard was a cross stunt. So cross stunts, that's my recommendation. Um, don't just do D line stunts. Get the backers involved and get yourself numbers advantages on certain certain sides rather than just trying to get them to communicate and mess up their stunt pass offs. They're too good at that. It feels like you're playing a little bit into their strength. Um, if you can do that and you can get Jared Goff off of his platform, that's when he can start making stupid mistakes. That's when he can start making bad throws. That's when some of the worst Jared Goff moments of this season have happened. I think that is a big key to this in terms of game plan, um, is, is getting pressure on Jared Goff one way or another, right? That That's your sort of super basic one-on-one, the kind of thing you'll see on the TV broadcast. And I think how to do that is getting Ivan Pace involved. So Ivan Pace might be like one of the the key guys to this game. If he has a big day, then look out. Um, I would like to make some other predictions via prize picks. We'll talk about prize picks a little later in the show, and we will do some prize picks. I've got four prize picks plays, and they got some interesting promos and stuff going on too that I'm trying to take advantage of. So let me take you through at least what my play is for that, as well as your bold predictions. All of that's coming up. 
Today's episode of Locked On Vikings is brought to you by DoorDash. DoorDash is there for you, rain, snow, or shine, when you need it. Look, if you are getting the tummy rumbles during a Vikings game, and you know you need that because you don't want to be hangry during a Vikings game. They already make you mad enough. So why don't you flip open that DoorDash app and get something delivered directly to your door? And I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's been a huge uh, help in getting myself acquainted with my neighborhood and like some of the mom and pop shops around me that I would have never really understood otherwise. And some of those places have like three different entries on DoorDash where they they sell like the salads part of their menu and the burgers part of the menu or whatever it is. Um, so you would never even know them by the same name, but it's still like good food. So go check it out. Go go browse your DoorDash a little bit. And if you haven't downloaded the app, I've got just the thing for you. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend 15 bucks or more on your first order. That's when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. You can get 50% off up to a $10 value. Just spend $15 or more on your first order. Once again, that's download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject, subject to change, terms apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you just so very much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day. While I got you here, uh, why don't you go check out the Lockdown Minnesota Sports YouTube page when you're done. Uh, they have a 24-7 live stream of all Locked On Minnesota Sports content. It's like your own very own Minnesota Sports TV channel only uh, that you can just flip on in the background while you work or whatever if you're that kind of person that's into that. And it'll loop through everything for you. Do go check it out. Um, very much appreciate y'all coming in and hanging out here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. Now we are going to head into our prize picks. Prized picks. Prize picks is a daily fantasy game. It's more than less than game. So they have a whole bunch of more than less than challenges and you just got to go pick one. Um, we will smash them all together and try to get a better payout. More details on prize picks in a little bit. But first, how about the actual prize picks, prize picks? So they have this demon goblin thing going on right now at prize picks that is uh that that like messes with the payouts so they have like these very conservative amounts and you can pick more than but the the payout isn't quite as much and those are the goblins and they'll have a little green devil guy next to their uh next to the amount or they've got a red one and those are the demons which are a little bit more aggressive um and they will increase your payout so i got a couple of demons in mine today I got smoked last week. Uh, I won the week before. So let's see if we can't get back on that winning train. Um, I have a feeling that the Lions are going to go to Amon Ra St. Brown a lot. I think he is going to be a very big part of their game plan. Last week, they pulled a lot of blitz counters and got Jamison Williams involved. But I think Amon Ra St. Brown is their go-to guy for this. 
they are, like a lot of teams, very keen to work in a lot of perimeter screens and quick throws and spacing and slants and, you know, three-step drop-and-go kind of things as their favorite way to punish blitzes. And that is kind of the bog-standard way to punish blitzes. And for that, they want the ball in the hands of their most dynamic dude. No, that's not Jameer Gibbs. It's Amon Ross St. Brown. It's the sun god. Um, Jameer Gibbs is somebody that Matt Derry pointed out on the, on the crossover, but for my money, he was more of a standard check down. And Amon Ross St. Brown's the guy that they want a bubble screen to go to. So I see a lot of volume for Amon Ross St. Brown. So one of the demon things is for him to get a rushing or receiving touchdown or more than half of a rushing or receiving touchdown. I can definitely see it. And maybe that's just because I watched the Bucks game and I watched that crazy one where all he did was take a little a little choice route. It was just choice. Uh, and he sat down and it was zoned. So all he was doing was sitting in the, in the soft spot in the zone. And it looked like it was going to be like a nice easy. It was third and 13. So it looked like it was going to be a nice five yards and kick your field goal kind of safe play. And he just housed that thing. <laughs> he just took it after the catch and housed that thing. I could see that kind of play happening with Amon Ross St. Brown. And I think one of the biggest keys to this game will be if the Vikings can tackle him. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily impossible, but I do see him getting his licks and I see an Amon Ra. St. Brown touchdown on the horizon. And the other demon that I took here, which gives me a very nice possible payout because I got two of these in, in a four uh, play or a four selection play is Nick Mullins more than one and a half interceptions. That's a lot, right? Two interceptions is a lot, but that's also what he did last week. <laughs> I, I think it was very funny and also kind of telling what we heard last week. If you watch the game on TV, um, Nick Mullins throws two interceptions in the first half, right? And then they go into the, or was that, yeah, that was two interceptions in the first half. Um, and then they go into halftime and they talk to Kevin O'Connell and they come out and they say, yeah, Kevin O'Connell said like, said to Nick Mullins, you got it. You don't have to play hero ball. Don't be a hero. You know, just, just, you know, be safe with the ball, protect the football, be a point guard, but don't be a hero. And then he immediately throws two of the craziest hero touchdown, <laughs> hero ball touchdowns that people are still like, man, what terrible decisions, but they worked out, right? So clearly get the hero ball out of Nick Mullins is not going to be a thing. He's going to try to play some hero ball and I can see some turnovers coming from that. I can see some touchdowns coming from that, but the demon value was pretty cool to me. So I went with more than one and a half interceptions. Um, for similar reasons to the Amon Ross St. Brown thing, again, I see Jared Goff, when he sees pressure, he rushes. That's that's really the cause of the issues, is that he starts to, to speed up his process and rush it. And he will just take whatever's kind of there, even if it's arguably there, and even if, you know, it might be smarter to progress onward. Um, he's just going to say, ah, I see a flash of color, and then he's just going to dump the ball off. That leads to a lot of easy completions. But the way the Vikings play defense... They are fine with that. They're going to allow easy completions as long as they can limit the catch, the, the actual yardage gained on those completions. So I see a high volume of completions. Thing. The other thing is the, the one of the challenges that the Vikings defense provides is that they have five or six players on the line of scrimmage all the time, kind of regardless of how you line up. And the Lions like to line up in condensed formations. 
Um, a lot of the time, they like to really condense everything and run against that or condense everything and run play action against that. It's very like four or five years ago kind of offense. And because they're kind of the only team still doing it, it, it's working against a lot of these light box, weenie, tweener off, tweener defenses, right? And and that's part of where they've found their success is by kind of refusing to go the way of all of this empty spread nonsense that everybody else is doing. And by saying, no, we're actually just going to run counter on you like it's 2011. Deal with it. <laughs> I, I respect that, right? I think that's actually really cool. And if the Lions weren't a division rival, I probably would talk about it a lot more on Locked On NFL. But a man's got agendas, all right? Let me live. Um, <laughs> all of that said, if they are going to condense those formations, the Vikings are also going to condense, right? If everybody's all condensed, that's going to be a lot of defenders, right? Which means they're going to like quote unquote sense blitz a lot. They're going to see the protections are going to see a lot of potential blitzers a lot. I think that's usable, right? You, you can, you now have more guys you can like mess around with in the blitz, but that also means that the lions are going to check into quick passes and try to punish that a lot more. So I see a high volume short pass thing happening for the lions. And then it's going to come down to, can you tackle Gibbs? Can you tackle Amon Ross St. Brown? Can you tackle guys like, you know, Jamison Williams and even guys like Josh Reynolds or whoever that, um, you know, otherwise like they would be their like downfield guys, but I think it's going to, it's going to contract things a lot the way the lions seem to play here. That that's not a guarantee. They might watch that Cincinnati game and say, Hey, let's like try something different here. Cause it seemed like that worked. And that's actually kind of what I'm worried about. But if that's what happens, then Jared Goff's going off. So either way, 22 and a half completions more than that's what I'm putting in. And then, um, for, reasons that I kind of discussed with Matt Derry. Uh, I'm going with Jordan Addison more than 49 and a half receiving yards. I don't really know what the Lions do with Justin Jefferson. I could see this being a 180 yard day for Justin Jefferson, where I mean, he like I think he got his his personal record against the Lions last year in a game that the Vikings lost. So their strategy worked. And so defensively, Aaron Glenn might say, OK, we'll do that again. Or we go, eh, you know what? No, we, we, we've got to keep Justin Jefferson captain. Let's really respect this threat and see if we can't cover Jordan Addison. Um, either way though, it gives Jordan Addison like Kendall Vildor. And I just, I like that matchup. (laughs) That's kind of all this comes down to. Um, and their ability to get explosiveness, the, the lion's defense, if I recall, has been prone to explosiveness. So that's what Jordan Addison does. I could see more than 49 and a half receiving yards. I could see him getting a lot, like a big chunk of that on one play because that's kind of how Jordan Addison has been this year. So I like all of those. That's four plays in a four pick flex uh, with a better payout than usual because I got two of those demons in there. So go check all of that stuff out at Prize Picks. And of course, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. As you can tell, uh, that is not Daily Fantasy as you're familiar with it. I didn't just go through and pick up a lineup. I picked four, or two to six is the limit, of your favorite players, and then it's just a more than less than game from there. And you can find all kinds of things where I did, uh, you know, receiving touchdowns, completions, interceptions tackles and sacks and combine things. You can actually do some weird combos too. If you wanted to do one with um, a, like a special with the NBA. So you could do like Anthony Edwards threes and uh, you know, TJ Hawkinson touchdowns, that kind of thing. 
You can find all of that at prizepicks.com or on the prizepicks app. Just go to prizepicks.com slash NFL as well, and you can use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash NFL. code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks Daily Fantasy made easy. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's time to get bold. It's bold prediction time. And it's only going to get weirder. I love your bold predictions. This is my favorite segment of the week. This is where I ask you all for your bold predictions. I pick some of my favorite unhinged prognostications, and if any of them hit, I get punished. We haven't hit one yet this year, and that's the way it should be, but let me just check in on the bold predictions from last week. I haven't even looked at these since the game, so maybe one did hit. Uh, The first one came from Cho, who said that Ivan Pace would touch the ball on a touchdown. He does not score himself. Do not believe we had an Ivan Pace contact on any of the touchdowns. He did touch the, the, he did miss a tackle, but I'm not counting that. I mean, we're talking loose football, tipped football, that kind of thing. Um, Kurt with two C's says the opposite of the game versus the Raiders would happen where the Vikings and Bengals would have a touchdown scored on every drive. And I amended that to say just us score. So football field goals would count and defensive touchdowns would count as well. But of course we did have a couple punts in that game, but it was a pretty high scoring game. Like in spirit, you definitely had the prediction, right? Eric, the red says that Jake Browning completes a pass to a wide receiver or to a Vikings wide receiver or tight end. Um, thinking about this, the only way it would have been possible was like Hail Mary's. Because I said that, like, if he throws the ball away and then, like, KJ Osborne catches it on the sideline for whatever reason, like, that wouldn't count, obviously. We're talking, like, Hail Mary's hands team is out there and Justin Jefferson intercepts it in the end zone, that kind of thing. No reason for the Bengals to Hail Mary as they won the game uh, in overtime. Skull Kirk said that Foles took over for Wentz in the Week 14 game and had four, the, the year they won the Super Bowl, and he had four incompletions and four incompletions as well the next week. Uh, Foles started week 15, throwing for 237 and four touchdowns and that Mullins would match it. Uh, no, <laughs> we did not get that much production. Hey, Nick Mullins did have a fairly productive game. Obviously those two picks, uh, put a big old blemish on it, but he did ha- put up some reasonable numbers. Zach says that Greg Joseph would make his career long field goal, which was 61 and also miss the shortest field goal he's ever attempted in a game. We got neither of those things. Greg Joseph was fine. I don't, did he miss any field goals? No, he only attempted the one field. He missed against the Raiders. That's what I'm thinking about. Um, next one came from Skull Ross, who said in the LSU Bowl, three different LSU alums score a TD. Justin Jefferson, Chase, and at least one of Hunter, Ingram, Roy, or Ward. Apparently you got it wrong, man. It was the USC kind of game. It was, it was, that was the Jordan Addison Bowl. What a day he had uh, making some crazy plays and bailing out his quarterback. Nicholas Bartel said that both teams would have more successful fourth down conversions than they have successful third down conversions. For instance, two of 13 on third down, but three of three on fourth down. I don't think either team got there. No, 
The Vikings were 0 for 1 on fourth down, very famously, and the Bengals only went for one fourth down, and each team got five or six uh, third downs. So not quite, but I did like the spirit of that one. Okay, let's move on to the Detroit Lions. Week 16, winter whiteout, bold predictions. First one comes from Torm Husdvit who says that Sam, a bunch of you had Sam Laporta and TJ Hawkinson ones, like the Iowa tight end thing. Sam Laporta and TJ Hawkinson have the most yards combined as a tight end in any game in history. This was the boldest one of all of them. Uh, I made Torm look up, because <laughs> I was too lazy to look up the yards for me. He went with 386 would be that amount. That was what StatMuse said. Um, it's kind of hard because it's not easy to look up like combined tight end games. You have to like look at the biggest tight ends games and then see what the other tight end got and like kind of manually do it. So if anybody has a game that is more than 386, um, then I'll up the, the amount to that, but we'll go with 386 for now. And if, if that hits, that hits, uh, also the broadcast research will usually have that. So if you're watching that on TV and you have the graphic, that's like most combined yards by two tight ends. If both of these guys go off, uh, we can do it that way. The point is most combined yards by tight ends in any game in history. We need two tight ends, highest yardage pair. That's what we're going for. So we need a record to be broken here. Uh, Shadow Flame says that TJ Hawkinson revenge and legacy game would happen. Uh, Hawkinson scores multiple TDs, including the game winner. So game winner is always a tough thing because if you score the game winner with, you know, a minute 30 left, but then the defense actually, it could be a game winning interception. Are they both the game winner or whatever? I am saying yes. It needs to be the go ahead touchdown, but not the go ahead touchdown in the third quarter or well, no, no, that wouldn't happen. Yeah. The touchdown that is the final touchdown of the game. And it has to be a game that they won by less than a touchdown call that the definition of a game winner. And yeah, I guess if it does happen in the third quarter, that would still be like the game, the ultimate game winning touchdown. Right. And then, um, we say good job defense for stopping them the whole time, but yeah, game winning touchdown and it has to be multiple TDs. Minnesota sports appreciator says that Santa travels at roughly 13,000 times the speed of sound. When I read this, my heart sank. I was like, what could this possibly, what 13,000 number could possibly, it's not a 13,000 number, but I was like, what could you possibly be cooking? Uh, I do like it though. In celebration of the big man coming to town, uh, a Viking player has the fastest sprint speed recorded on a touchdown play this year. So this is something next gen stats has. We will do the next gen stats thing there. Although the broadcast will be all over it. If that happens, it'll, it'll be the story of the, of, of the, the game. If something like that happens, a Viking player has the fastest sprint speed recorded on a touchdown play it has to be on a touchdown play. So if it's a 60 yard, you know, Jordan Addison catch, but he ends up going out of bounds or whatever. Doesn't count. Landon Renly says that the Vikings abandon the tush push and embrace CJ Ham. Ham has four carries, all in under two yards to go situations, and he converts all of them. So four third or fourth down and one or two situations. Could be goal line carries or something like that. I like it. Abandon the QB sneak. We don't have the dudes for that. Although, if you would like some very way too detailed analysis on the QB sneak, you can find patreon.com slash NFL. I did a whole video on it and a companion thing. I also did an article at Wide Left. So if you subscribe to Wide Left, you can also read my article about QB sneaks where I go into the history of the QB sneak, the creation of the QB sneak, its origins in rugby and in the wing tee way back in, you know, pre-war football and uh, what that means now and how it is, how it's coached and how the Vikings got things wrong. Um, because the idea of sneaking, fine. The way the Vikings did sneak had some issues with it. Uh, if you're interested in relitigating that. 
Sportsguy79 said there will be more fake punts than actual punts in this game. <laughs> so I think the only way you hit this is if there it's a high-scoring game and there's like only one punt in the game and then there's like one fake. But it has to be strictly more. So it has to be like a zero-punt game, but one of the times they could have punted and they went for the fake. More fake punts than actual punts. Look, Dan Campbell, when he hits the Vikings, he loves to go for it. He loves to bring out all the wacky wavy inflatable tool man tube man stuff he loves to bring that out against the vikings specifically um and let's be honest they're the second best team in the division so <laughs> so you have to yeah i mean he's gonna save all of his best for us right so i could see it i could see it but you need a no punt game i think that's the harder part to get here of course right and finally, Doug Brown says that the Lions would wear the horrible gray jerseys and both teams are punished with an interception fest, at least three per team. Boy, would this suck. Uh, Matt Derry and I talked about it a little bit. Uh, the, so uniform stuff, I can't stand the Lions grays when they go up against a team that's wearing their road uniform. They have to use those grays as a road uniform, Oregon style. Then those jerseys rock. If those go up against, you know, if you, you take those into Green Bay and Green Bay's wearing their home uniform. That's a great uniform matchup. But if the Vikings are doing their winter whiteout thing and then you have gray with the blue helmets, that sucks. I hate that. And it's even worse if they don't go to the alternate helmet and they just wear the regular silver ones, then it's just, it's white on gray. I mean, come on, man. We got to, we got to have a better aesthetic than that. I don't think the Lions will do that. I think they'll wear their regular home uniforms. Uh, but an interception fest, at least three interceptions per team would be exactly what both teams deserve if they treat us to such an aesthetic nightmare. Um, <laughs> I will be back. Okay. So it's going to be a little weird because it's Christmas. Okay. I'm going to try to record on Sunday night. Uh, but I don't exactly know if I'm going to be able to get back. We've got plans with family and all that stuff. And plus uploading Christmas morning, you're not going to be listening to a podcast Christmas morning. So I will try to get a show up. It'll be up by Christmas at some point on Monday at some point. Um, and then hopefully the, the week can be normal from there, but, um, I'm not going to be on the postcast, but you should still go check it out. If you want to listen to, uh, the, the postcast, it's live immediately after the game, uh, over on the lockdown Minnesota sports YouTube channel. And from there, I'll, I'll try to keep up on stuff the best I can. Obviously, it's going to be a weird week with the holiday, but I should be able to get uh, everything up and just watch the Locked On Vikings Twitter account for updates if I don't. All right, everybody, enjoy your holidays. Enjoy time with your family, okay? This is a, a lovely time of year to, to forget football for a second and go be with the people that you love, all right? I love you very much. I will see you on the other side. And as always, Skull. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.